Welcome into another edition of the Sibling Rivalry Podcast. Here we go. Week one of the college football 2018 season. Super excited. Uh, I'm Madison, joined as always by my brother Pierce, and uh, we've got a little special guest picker today. We're not going to introduce that guest picker yet. You're going to have to hold on for that big reveal, but I uh, wanted to go ahead and get everything rolling. Pierce, how you feeling? Are you excited for this? It's back. I'm super excited. Can't wait. Last Saturday, seeing just two games of college football on the slate just got my juices flowing. Yeah, we've watched preseason for a couple of weeks now, but it's back. It's it's here. It's ready to come. It's ready to play out. And and week one, while in the past, you know, you get some some teams that play some mediocre teams, some top flight teams that aren't playing to their level of competition. You get more and more neutral site games, which is it's going to provide some drama here in the early season. Yeah, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a really exciting uh, first week. Uh, you know, you're going to have some cupcake games, but there's going to be some good games as well. Um, super excited to get into those picks. Uh, we would be uh, really dropping the ball here, though, if we didn't at least update. Um, we previously recorded a podcast before the Urban Meyer stuff dropped, um, and then the Urban Meyer stuff dropped and the podcast hadn't gone up yet. So uh, we do have to mention that he is serving a three-game suspension, and we'll get into that when we go into the picks. But, uh, you know, I don't know where you stand on that. I think it's um, a little bit despicable, um, and it's nothing against the Ohio State program. It's just that I really think that they're dropping the ball here. Um, so that's unfortunate. Um, and we didn't touch on any of the DJ Durkin stuff as well, and that will come up, I'm sure, in our picks as well. Um, but just some really interesting and unfortunate storylines in college football so far, and we haven't even kicked off the first game. Uh, but that being said, I'm really excited to just get to the football. Let's just get on the fields and stop worrying about all this, you know, nonsense. Drama and, yeah, nonsense. Absolutely. Perfect. I'm over it. I'm ready to, to, to get into it. So, um, yeah, uh, I don't know about you, but I think I'm ready to uh, introduce our guest picker, and we'll just jump right into it. Uh, we're going to pick 10 games here um, for the first week. This is a rotation we're going to do, have a guest picker every single week, and at the end uh, we'll look and see, you know, who uh, who of our friends and family did the best. Just out of curiosity, so the so the fan base knows, are these picks that you have the top 10 games that you think, or are, are you going off something just so that everyone has, you know, a little bit of a background on yeah. why these games are picked? So I, I I pretty much just did kind of a canvas to see what other, everybody else, like, you know, what, what different sites were picking. Um, what it really came down to was the games that I thought were the most interesting. Um, you know, it's week one, and so there's only so many times you can pick, you know, a team playing Troy or, you know, you know Georgia's playing Austin P. would love to talk about Georgia every single week, but we really don't need to talk about Georgia thrashing Austin P necessarily. Um, so that's certainly something that down the road, uh, you know, we can, we can talk a little bit about how we're going to pick those games. But as of now, I just kind of picked the interesting ones. And I think the cool thing about week one is the interesting ones jump off the page at you. Um, you know, and, and there was a couple that I, w- I thought about going with, um, you know, a couple like BYU, Arizona. I didn't, you know, a couple sites were picking that game. We're not going to pick that game. UNC Cal was another one of those games, but I really wanted to keep that's, it to 10. That's actually interesting, even though they're yeah. kind of, you know, UNC having a few guys suspended that sure. would make a difference and sure. Cal being, uh, you know, what what's, t- who knows? Who My knows? ultimate thing was looking for, um, <sighs> My only thing about UNC Cal is I was trying to cap it at 10, and there was just some games that I felt like we really needed to get to. Um, if we went over, you know, I just thought 10 games was was max. 
I think you I think you got the right ten games. I I hope so. I hope so. So uh, we are going to bring in our guest picker here. I think if you listen to uh, my other podcast, the Pop Talk Podcast, you're a little bit familiar with her. She has also uh, been on the Sibling Rivalry Podcast. Uh, you know she's she's a gem. Every single time we have her on, people love her. Uh, you know can't say anything but nice things about her. So let's welcome her in. Hampton, you there? Oh, that was so sweet, Browder. <laughs> Well, I'm not going to say mean things about you. Well, that was very nice, everything you said. Well, okay. Well, how do you feel about, since you're here, how do you feel about the games? Are you excited? Are you uh, ready for college football to just start? Yeah, I feel like I've only ever kind of heard about NFL preseason for some odd reason. So I'm excited for football, like college football to start, just because I'm more of a college fan. Um but yeah, I'm excited. I, it hasn't really hit me yet, to be honest. I think once I see all the games on TV on Saturday, then I'll be like, okay, like football's actually here. I feel like it's been a long time since that Georgia Alabama game. Sure. Played. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel you on that one. And I think <laughs> long for you. Right. I know. We've Give been having break. to every single time we turn on ESPN or CBS Sports or anything like that, all we see is second and twenty six and Tua Tagovailoa throwing that bomb into the end zone. <sighs> True. Yeah, I can't really relate to how y'all feel. But. but I will say you are a UT fan, so uh, you've been waiting since, oh, I guess uh, 1998 to be relevant yeah, again. we literally have great – we always have, like, oh, it's our season. It's our season. The first, like, three games are great, and then downhill from there. And then our, fi- and then our coach gets fired, so it's just a cycle. But, I mean, I really do think – I mean, we all say it every year. I do think we might have a decent year, a better year at least than last year. Well, we will see about that. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into that when we get to those picks. But uh, let's go ahead and let's get to it, guys. Um, And uh, we'll start off here. Uh, You know, we we teased at the top of the pod a little bit with the Urban Meyer stuff and the scandal going on there. Um, So I'm interested to see how y'all think this is going to all, you know, unfold here. Uh, That game, of course, is going to be played uh, versus Oregon State. Uh, So Oregon State at Ohio State. Um, And uh, the line... Ohio State giving 37 points. So where are you guys what are you guys' thoughts on that? Let's start with Pierce. Uh Oregon State or Ohio State and why? This is the only game on the slate that I thought was maybe a little far fetched just from the standpoint that, that high line is is it's hard to take the favorite when you're given thirty eight. But at the same time, despite all that, despite Urban Meyer being suspended and me maybe worrying down the road, especially that week three game against TCU for Ohio State, you know, what happens if their new interim coach calls a timeout on the wrong player, doesn't call a timeout in a key situation? You know, little game management opportunities here and there. So, but that being said, I, Ohio State's one of the top three or four teams in the country talent-wise. There's no reason why they shouldn't cover if they don't cover. And I'm not, and Oregon State's a, a solid team, but if this was a neutral site game or in Corvallis, I'd go uh, Oregon State. I mean, just it's a smart play, but not when Ohio State's at home in the shoe with all those ravenous fans going nuts and the amount of talent they have. It's I'd expect them to win, you know, fifty-six to ten. I uh, I'm leaning the opposite way. Okay. Um, respect. I respect that. A lot of the same reasoning. You're going to have an interim coach. You're going to have you know guys that you know. It's the first game. Maybe there's a little bit of preseason or jitters still working out. Um, you know, you, you certainly are going to have some new players trying to step up for you. Um, you know, if you're in Ohio State, uh, right there. Uh, I, I, 
37 is a lot of points. A whole hell of a lot. 37 is a lot of points even for Alabama. Well, and Oregon State has to get to 38. Like 38 is the differential there. It's 37 yeah. and a half, right? I, I, I just have 37 flat. Oh, you have 37 flat. Okay, yeah. I thought I said a, saw a decimal point. No, 37 flat. So, you know, that, that would have to be really um, either Ohio State's going to play out of their minds defense or they're going to be putting up so many points it's gonna people are gonna be saying stop already uh 37 is a lot like i said even if you're alabama i don't like that um that line so i'm gonna take oregon state i know it's out ohio state i, I mean realistically could they score you know could they win by 36 yes i just i don't know 37 so much um so i just can't in good faith go with the uh, buckeyes on that uh but hampy what are your thoughts on uh, the ohio state buckeyes and uh, the oregon state beavers here in week one I personally do not know much about these two teams, although I know Ohio State people love football. It's not Ohio State. It's the Ohio State or whatever. The Ohio State University. At this point, it's just Ohio State University. I I thought you were going to go somewhere else. They're they're trying to lay low right now. Yeah, they they need to not stress the the there. Yeah. Don't don't tell Jess Mack that. (laughs) Listen, she she doesn't know her which way is up. No offense, Jess Mack. (laughs) All right, so um, who you got here? I, I mean, I'm picking – I'm going to Oregon State. I think that 37 is too, too much. That's, right. a, that's a far line. So you like the Beavs there uh, yeah. at – in Columbus, you like the Beavs. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I think that's I mean, the play. I definitely think Ohio State is the winner, but that pick right there, it's too much. Sure, sure. If okay. it was like a random school versus Ohio State, yeah, that's one thing. So let me is- throw this out here. Uh, you know, would you have picked Ohio State to cover that if uh, Urban Meyer, all this stuff with Urban Meyer didn't go down and he's the head coach outright? Uh, probably not. Probably not still sticking know. with Oregon State there. That's a ton of – I think especially this first game, his first, his first week, if a team has got a lead on it, they're going to put in their second string, you know, get them some reps in. Sure. So I just don't think it's going to be a big, a big blowout, especially this first game. Right. I agree with you. Well, let's go ahead then and let's head on to the next game. Another scandalous program right now. Uh, the Maryland Terrapins will be welcoming in Texas uh, at home. Um, Pierce, thoughts on that? The the sneaky side of me wants to say with the plus 13 and a half points at home, Maryland takes the cake because they're flying under the radar. But being a Big 12 fan with TCU I think Texas is moving in the right direction do they take a major step up in the conference do they make the big 12 conference championship I don't think so but I think they're good enough to go on the road and beat Maryland with all the distraction that's been going on there with a player unfortunately you know passing away and then Durkin and all this I think it's I'd be shocked, and Maryland whooped up on Texas last year. If you go look at the last non-conference games that Texas has played, Ole Miss, on the road, they won by, I think it was 31 points. It was like 61 to 30. This is last year? No, this was back in 2012, 2013. Oh, that's old news. But, but, oh, I'm I'm drawing a blank now. You just just screwed me. Um, Somebody, they played, who was it? They played somebody out of Notre Dame, and they got whooped up on by Notre Dame and then beat them. And it was kind of like, whoa, how do you lose by 28 points and then win the next year? It's, I think Texas 
with Herman just leading the charge there. I think they're going to have a, a solid team. I don't think they're ready to make the leap into the upper echelon, but I think they're good enough to go on the road and beat a Maryland team who is suspect at best. And with all these questions and weird things going on around that program, you know, give me Longhorns to cover by two touchdowns easy. If it was 14 and a half, I'd be a little worried, but at 13 and a half, give me the Longhorns all day. So just to fill in a little bit of gaps with that, they, uh, the Texas Longhorns played Notre Dame, um, and uh, in 20, let's see, was this? This is 2015. Uh, and Notre Dame took down the Longhorns 38 to three. They played again uh, in 2016, and Notre Dame uh, fell uh, 50 to 47. That went to OT. Um, so I looked it up. Last year, Maryland and Texas played. It was at Texas, and 51 um, 41 was the final score. So not quite a whooping, a shootout. But- my, I guess my point is, regardless, that second year they tend to take a, a step up. They lost yep. to Ole Miss that first year, came came up and won, and then Notre Dame did the same thing. Actually, Ole Miss might have been – I think Ole Miss was – Hold on. Hippie, did you just go to the bathroom? Hippie. Are you <laughs> pee right now? Please cut these out. <laughs> I couldn't hold it. Why would you mute the audio? I don't know. Oh my god! Oh my god! I didn't. I had to go. I think that says enough about this game. Listen, let's, let's move on. Listen, folks. That's folks, flushing I don't it down think, the toilet. I don't think you're ever going to hear another podcast guest be peeing on the podcast. What is happening? I didn't know you could hear it. Oh my god! Ooh. Oh my gosh. I'll do as best I can editing around that, but I'm, I'm not going to cut out what Pierce was talking about. So I apologize about that. Woo. All right. <laughs> Keep that. That was great. Most exciting electric so segment that we've ever Wait, had. Wait, let on me this mute rap. your audio. So Hold on. Oh my God. <laughs> All right, Hampy, you can, you can flush the toilet. The pod can't hear you. Yeah, I think that the, uh, you know, you'd like to see Maryland really rally around their, uh, you know, deceased teammate and uh, really will really pull through. But I agree with you. I think that Tom Herman has done a fantastic job uh, at Texas. I, well, fantastic is putting a little bit uh, is a little bit of an overstatement, but he's doing a good job. He's doing all the right things to get them back on the right track. Um, I think that, uh, you know, Maryland getting 13 and a half points is uh, it's a lot for, you know, Texas to have to, you know, overcome. Two touchdowns, mm, it's a lot, but I'm going with it. I think Texas gets it done on the road at Maryland. I think it's a statement win for Texas and start building that um, resume now for a potential playoff spot. So give me Texas, um, and uh, and we'll go to Hampy now uh, over there. In, uh, wh- wh- who you got, Texas or Maryland? Uh, uh, I've you- got Texas. I just – I don't know. I feel like they're, all, like they're a solid football team. You don't really hear much about them, but like – when you do, it's usually always good. I don't know. I just feel like they're good. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. So we all are going with Texas on that pick. And that'll bring us to our next game, which is going to be Ole Miss at Texas. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. Not at Texas Tech. Although it might as well be. This game's going to be played in Houston. Neutral site, Ole Miss and Texas Tech. Texas Tech giving two and a half points. Uh, so what do you like about that, Pierce? What do you think? Neutral site going to be enough? This this is the toughest game I've sketched. I've I've yeah. This one was tough. I've I've just struggled over this over the last few weeks. Um, 
Texas Tech is going to have some guys that can play some ball on offense. It's going to come down to defense. I would normally side with a solid SEC team. That being said, Ohio State's, or I mean, sorry, Ole Miss is still in a little bit of a rebuilding stage at the same time. You know, quarterback transferred out. What's going to, you know, I, I know they've got a guy that they feel good about, but at the end of the day, I, it's it's tough. So, because Ole Miss is an SEC team, I'll side with the, with the guys that I think have the best offensive and defensive line, and that's Ole Miss. They're getting, uh, what, a point and a half, or are they giving? Uh, they are. Regardless, that's a field goal. I, I, think, I think Ole Miss wins it in a very close game, but at the end of the day, this is the closest game to a coin flip all, all this, this first week by far out of the top-tier games. Yeah, I think that you're going to see uh, the beginning of the Cliff Kingsbury uh, farewell tour, and uh, I think he's done after this year, and I think that this is starting the ball rolling. Um, I really like Ole Miss of this game. I did you know, tease with it a little bit, saying it's a uh, neutral site, even though it's going to be played in Houston, but uh, SEC fans travel, so maybe I'll be proved wrong in that. Um, yeah, uh, uh, one field goal, and I, I, th- I think that that's not even going to matter. I think that Ole Miss wins it outright, and they don't even need to worry about the points. Um, I I think that, you know, it's a team that's in shambles and it's unfortunate, but SEC speed uh, over, you know, the the mess that Cliff Kingsbury's running over there. He just, he really is struggling to get it done uh, with the Red Raiders. Um, so I, I'm going Ole Miss on this game. What about you, Hampy? Yeah, this one's a tough one, but I have to stay true to SEC. I just think Ole Miss, they'll, they'll win. They got this. I mean, it's going to be, a, I think it's, it'll be a great game. But Ole Miss, I think, will prevail and win. Yeah, this might be one of the best uh, week one games, which is interesting because it's not true. It, not a single one or neither of these teams is going to be a playoff team at the end of the day, uh, barring some kind of miracle. Of course, Ole Miss has the postseason ban still on in in place, so uh, they won't be in it. But Texas Tech might potentially. But let's be honest here, not going to happen. All right, uh, let's go another neutral site game: Washington versus Auburn. In Atlanta, uh, another just a, just two and a half point there difference. Uh, and Auburn would, is uh, minus two and a half on that one. So, what what are your thoughts on this, Pierce? Pretty simple. Um, that's a, that's a really tough place to play, Jordan Hare. And it's, I'm not. It's gonna, in Atlanta. It's, oh, it's in Atlanta. Yeah, well, regardless, still the, the South. I mean, Auburn is what two hours away from Atlanta. It's, it's it doesn't make a difference. That being said, and blue. I, I in our in our last podcast I said. I like Washington out of the Pac-12. That's the Pac-12's chance to make it in to the playoffs. That being said, in the South, if this was maybe in Dallas or somewhere in like, uh, you know, I know not, not many neutral site games are played out on the West Coast, but somewhere like the Rose Bowl or somewhere random, I could maybe get behind Washington but or Washington. But Auburn, Stidham coming back, if he's even three-quarters of – the person he is, the player he is. I'm a little worried about their their rushing attack. Now, they're, they're going to have guys they plug in place, but they don't have a guy that's necessarily the guy. So, But at that same time, I still like Stidham. I love the offensive defensive lines at Auburn. Um, they've got skill position players that they can throw out there. They might be a little bit young in some areas, but I think they're deep on the, the in the trenches, and I think that's what gets it done. Love Jake Browning from Washington. But give me Auburn minus two and a half in the South all day over a, a, a team in Washington. Now, 
It'll be interesting to see how Jake Jake uh, Jacob Eason does out there in, in the coming years. Obviously, he's, I don't think he's eligible this year, but I think Jake Browning's a very, very solid quarterback. I just don't know if he has enough around it. Yeah, um, this is – it's kind of interesting. We just highlighted a game that's going to be close, a neutral site game that's going to be close between two two teams that won't be in postseason discussions, and uh, now we're highlighting a neutral site game uh, that's going to be close that's featuring two heavy hitters who I fully expect um, will be – uh, in contention or in discussion to be playoff teams here. I, I, I agree with you. Um, I think the fact that it's in Atlanta might as well be a home game for Auburn. Um, I think that Jake Browning's great, um, and it does scare me a little bit, you know, with, with Auburn losing on Johnson because he was just absolute workhorse last year. But uh, I got to go with Auburn. I think, um, you know, I don't know. It, it, Pac-12 teams have not fared well versus SEC teams. I mean – Look at Oregon, who you know had a stellar team playing Auburn in that the national championship a few years back. I just really don't see um, a situation where Washington comes out victorious, um, and and so I I got to go Auburn in this as well. What about you, Hampy? Yeah, I got to go with Auburn. I mean, obviously I'm from Atlanta, and I see Auburn fans everywhere. Might as well have a college here, but yeah, Auburn will destroy Washington for sure. Alrighty. Well, this next one's going to be interesting to see where uh, Hampy goes with this pick, but uh, we're going to start with Pierce in our regular rotation here. Um, so, neutral site game, Tennessee, West Virginia, West Virginia giving nine and a half points. Do you think Jeremy Pruitt in his first year is going to be enough uh, of, a, of a, you know, kick in the butt for Tennessee? Do you think that they'll be able to get it done, or do you think, uh, you know, this is just going to be the first of many hiccups for him in his first year with a not the greatest squad that he's he's not inheriting a great squad? Is what I'm trying to say. The smart side of me has trouble not picking an SEC team that only has to cover ten points. I mean, if you're if it's under six and a half, I can I I would understand it, but. Nine and a half. I just, oh man, that's that's tough. I, I just think I think Tennessee is surprisingly ill shocked some people. They have talent that maybe has been not utilized as well as it could have the last couple of years. Um, they've got talent there. I think Pruitt will get the most out of that talent. That being said, it's hard out of a first year coach to really, especially in the first game of the season, neutral site. You're not at home with your home fans. I think it's going to be tough, and it's even tougher playing a team that has an established QB. Say what you want about Will Greer. I think the dude, I've watched him you know, a lot at Florida and then at West Virginia being a TCU guy. I think Will Greer lights it up. I think they cover. I don't think it gets over 14 to 17 points, but I think they cover by four or five points. I think uh, West Virginia West Virginia wins wins this one by at least two touchdowns. I and you just exactly took the words right out of my mouth. I think that Pruitt's going to be a good hire for Tennessee. Ultimately, they they somehow are going to have turned that entire mess that they had going on with their coaching search, and it's going to be ending up a really good thing uh, that they got Pruitt there. Um, but ultimately, West Virginia has the quarterback, and Tennessee doesn't, and so. I think Tennessee struggles to contain Will Greer. Um, I think that he's, you know, he like I said, he's the established QB. 
Tennessee doesn't have anybody that I feel confident enough going, yeah, they're going to, you know, go out there and lead that team. You know, Pruitt's going to fire him up, and then they're going to have a capable QB on the field. And they're just not going to. Um, and so that's unfortunate for them. I do think that they're going to have a better year than a lot of pundits are giving them credit for. Um, but I don't think we're going to see uh, Tennessee be able to handle this. I know that they're getting basically 10 points, but I think West Virginia is going to, uh, I think they win by two touchdowns, so it's not going to matter. So uh, give me the Mountaineers. Well, all right. I I don't even feel like asking because I know how this is going to roll, but Hampy, (laughs) who are you picking in this game? I don't know. This is a really tough one, but obviously I'm going to go with the big orange. Um, I personally don't know. I haven't really been following Tennessee's football. I just haven't been into it just right now. Yeah, but nobody blames you for that one. I know, but I do think Pruitt is a good coach, and yeah, we might we might not have. I've heard we don't. You said we might not have the greatest team this year. We have some really good recruits coming in. I mean, that's in the future, but like we have some good recruits coming in. But I don't know. I think this year we always say is a building year, but I do think this year might be one of those years. And I'm, I'm gonna. That scares me. I didn't know that West Virginia had a quarterback that was so developed. I don't even know who's who our quarterback is to be honest but <laughs> I tell you I just haven't I'll get into it on Saturday I just <laughs> I just think that's that's scary what you said but I'm gonna always go with the big orange Tennessee go balls. And, and hey they're getting 10 points I mean they just have to keep it within 10 and uh, you, you'll win that pick so uh you know we might end up uh, looking like fools compared to you but yeah we, we, we'll see. I don't know we'll see and right. it's not at home because Tennessee like I don't know our home fan base is like great and now that it's like neutral, although we do like to travel. So, yeah, and so it's right there. I mean, we'll it's see. basically a border war, so I, I wouldn't worry yeah. too much about that with it being a, a neutral site game. All right, well, uh, this one interests me. We've got, uh, you know, a team that almost won the Rose Bowl in Oklahoma, and they are going to be welcoming in Lane Kiffin's Florida Atlantic Owls, and uh, and they'll be Oklahoma is minus twenty one and a half. That's a lot of points. So, what are your thoughts on that, Pierce? FAU's a good team. Um, I think they'll have a solid year. But you give me a Power 5 conference team, you give me a team that is not only experienced but has a, albeit they're losing Baker Mayfield, the Heisman Trophy winner from last year, give me Kyler Murray, who's a legit five-star quarterback. Give me him all day. 24 points is not that much for a Power 5 conference team to win. I wouldn't be shocked to see FAU win. I would, if it was a neutral site game, which it wouldn't be because Oklahoma's such a higher standard than FAU. But say you give me a neutral site game, I might be more inclined to take FAU. You put them in, you put them in, uh, in Norman there. I don't think they've got a shot. I think twenty four is an easy cover for Oklahoma. Give me Oklahoma. So uh, you and I were in attendance for the Rose Bowl last year, and uh, we've watched it several times since on the DVR. Um, Here's the thing. Last year, the storyline was Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield. And what Oklahoma had going for them was that the rest of the team was still really good. Everyone was talking about Baker, and Baker wins the Heisman, and he's electric, and he's got off-field shenanigans. But at the same time, the rest of that team is really good. Um, it is going to be, you got to first, you know, Kyler Murray hasn't started a game yet. Uh, you know, Lincoln Riley. He did, he did at Texas A&M, though. Okay, he did. So he's got D one Oklahoma. 
Yeah. You're right. He does have D1 experience. And, you know, but he hasn't started at Oklahoma yet. Lincoln Riley is still a, a new coach, just entering his second year. Um, he's good. He's got a really good program. Um, but 21 and a half points is a lot. And you can never underestimate Lane Kiffin. He's got tons of tricks up his sleeve he's an electric coach to watch um and and so you know while I obviously don't think FAU wins this game outright um I think that you give him 21 and a half points to work with and I like the FAU Owls to at least get a little something something going and uh you know I see them you know I see them doing I, I don't know I, I struggled with this because it, it seems like duh it's Oklahoma and FAU but it's Lane Kiffin I wrestled over that for a slight bit, Hamby, excuse me. I I wrestled over that for a slight bit, but at the end of the day, I think it's not Baker Mayfield that they worry about replacing. It's their left tackle, Orlando Brown. Yeah. That being said, they've got, they're going to have good, they've had good recruits coming in there for years. They have two great running backs in Sermon and Anderson that will relieve some pressure off of Kyler Murray. And, And I think this FAU offense, with it being a little bit more spread, they they they're not gonna they're not gonna be able to bully Oklahoma like maybe Georgia did. I mean, I I think FAU's offense is closer to TCU's in the sense and to some of those Big Twelve schools that I just think that Oklahoma will be better suited playing against them. Sure. And so I wouldn't be surprised if FAU covered. This is a tough one. This really is. I know. Um, I, I really did wrestle with it. It is. It's tough. Um, I'm going FAU though. I really am. I, I like think it. that. You know, is Oklahoma going to win? Yes. Are they going to, you know, blow them out? No. And so that's why I'm going with FAU. Um, and I, I think that that will be an interesting pick uh, to, to, to be watching down the road uh, here on Saturday. So, Hampy, up to you now. Who you got, Oklahoma or FAU? Uh, I've got I've, I've got Oklahoma. Okay. Um, I don't really know their defense. I'm not into, in tune like you guys are with these teams like it's interesting you didn't do your research okay no i didn't Sorry. she was too busy peeing hamby i didn't <laughs> yeah, do a single too. bit of research but, i'm not gonna lie see, i just but, know these yeah. teams see, yeah you know these things but okay can i just make a point yeah lane kiffin he's the you know the ex Tennessee football coach okay i watch last chance you on netflix you know it's about these kids that go to community college all of their kids if you look at FAU's roster, they all come from that Netflix show. They always go there. Kevin Love has little community college players. Okay. I don't know. I just wanted to make that a point. <laughs> that's, that's not a, that's but, not a bad point. I, I'm not yeah. as familiar as you are. That being said, there's some there there is something to be said about getting JUCO players or players that have actually played against some. D1 talent because you don't get that as much on the high school scale if you're not at one of these elite programs. So I get what you're talking about. There there can be some teams that have JUCO players or community college players come in and they step right in like they were a D1 player to begin with. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. So, I mean, I guess, I mean, I picked Oklahoma, but FAU definitely will, I think, su- surprises people and they will. But I don't know. I just, just want to throw that point out. Kiffin likes to get his community college players, who all of them somehow get kicked off of FSU. Okay, every a lot of those kids from FSU get tread carefully off the team. here, ma'am. I'm just saying, a lot of kids, a lot of football players from FSU get kicked off for whatever reason. They don't tell the world, and they end up going crab to legs. Netflix show. Shut crab up. legs, killing, hurting someone, stealing something. 
Well, they either end up at FAU or Auburn, so. I'm just saying, a lot of kids, if you see the trend of each of this show, they all come from FSU. Yep. Yeah, no, I and got And then you. Kiffin gets them. That's what, that's the type of guys Kiffin likes. He likes those. Well, you're an FAU, FAU program. Here's the thing is, FAU, that's the kind of program that should be going after those guys. They can still go, you know, be playing college ball, get a college education. You know, they messed up. They get a second chance. When you're Auburn University and you have your pick of the litter, you don't need to be going after those guys and giving them second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth chances just to win some football games. But that's neither here nor there. So I, I, before we uh, we step in it anymore, let's go ahead and move on here to uh, Michigan and Notre saying. Dame. No, I know. I got you. I got you. Michigan and Notre Dame, that game is going to be at Notre Dame, and the line is very, very close, just a point. Uh, Notre Dame being the one who is giving that point to Michigan. Uh, this was another one that was like, I don't know. I mean, basically you're picking who you think is going to win outright. Um, I struggled with it, though. I really did. What about you, Pierce? Give me Notre Dame at home. Notre Dame, I think they'll win in the trenches. I think there's a little. There's been some weird stuff that's come out about um about Notre Dame and their practice schedule this summer and how they are being Brian Kelly's testing them and trying to make them uncomfortable and all this kind of weird shenanigan stuff, which really sketches me out. But at the end of the day, that's what Harbaugh like. Harbaugh's an out there guy, and I do think Michigan will have a better year than last year. I think they'll. I think they'll win nine games. Um, I think Harbaugh keeps his job. Uh, Shea Patterson's enough to do that when you have a good quarterback. Yeah, I, th- I just think it'll take him a few more weeks to really get comfortable. I think you saw that with Stidham last year. It, he he just looked kind of lost the first few year or first few weeks and was just kind of going through the motions and didn't really quite know the playbook. And I think that's kind of how Shea Patterson will be. And and being on the road against a Notre Dame team who I think will be stout in, in key positional areas, I think I think they win this and cover at home, give me Notre Dame, lock it in. And that, that's not even being a homer because a lot of people always are big homers on Notre Dame. So Tariq Black for Michigan's out for the for the first ten weeks at least. The stud wide receiver. Give me give me Notre Dame minus one all day at home. I'm in total agreement with you. Um, I I think Notre Dame. I do really like Michigan this year. I think Shea Patterson will eventually get his footing there, um, in Ann Arbor. But I think you know your point exactly. With it being at home, Notre Dame is welcoming these guys, and uh, you know it's. I wonder. I, I'm interested to see how Michigan travels uh, for that game. Um, Brandon Wimbush, starting QB for Notre Dame. He's not particularly impressive, but there's something to be said about experience and really knowing that playbook and grasping that playbook, which is something that Shea Patterson doesn't have. Um, you know, Brian Kelly is. You know, he's a he's a good coach. I mean, he's not winning championships at Notre Dame, which you know just kind of how along that they're gonna go with letting him be kind of you know mediocre um and not winning championships but i i think that they prove they proved last year that you know hey there's something to be said about them and they really rebounded from the year prior where they lose like a bunch of games by you know one point or whatever it was um so give me notre dame um you know this the the spread is so close that it doesn't even really matter i think notre dame wins by a touchdown though uh fighting irish all right what about you hampy i'm going with michigan Oh, what's your reasoning? I just think Michigan's powerhouse football team. You're discounting Notre Dame? Yeah. Ooh, Lee Corso would be mad at you. I'm just going to go with Michigan. All right, well, there you go. Okay, okay. 
Well, um, let's go ahead then and move on to the next game, Louisville and Alabama neutral site game. Um, Alabama giving 24 and a half, I mean, just 24, 24 points. Um, this is one of those that I would have liked to have seen last year, two years ago at the height of Lamar Jackson. Um, this year, eh. It's not very special, in my opinion. Is it already written on the wall who's going to win? Alabama. Yeah, All absolutely. day. Give yeah. me the 24 even. I, I don't care. Alabama has... So much talent across the board, let alone returning talent. I mean, they haven't even named a starting QB, and it, we're five days out of game day. They've they've listed Tua and Hurts as starting QBs. I mean, that just should show you how talented they are. Even with Lamar Jackson, I'd probably side Alabama minus 24 because Lamar Jackson was awful against SEC teams and his career. That being said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. Give me the best offensive and defensive lines in the country against maybe the worst offensive line last year in the, in the country. I mean, three or four sacks is not unlikely, maybe even more. There's That dude's going to – I feel bad for that that new that interim quarterback, that new quarterback coming in. I, I, give me Alabama all day. I think they win by 35. I think I agree with you 100%. Um, you know, like I said, it's a game that I would have liked to see a couple of years ago, uh, you know, at the height of Lamar Jackson. Um, but, you know, he's gone now. And we're looking at an Alabama team who, yes, they don't have their starting quarterback named, but you either are going to have Jalen, who's going to want to right the ship from the national championship. Obviously, he's, you know, the guy who could have potentially lost it for Alabama. And he's been dealing with all summer long. You know, this talks about, you know, is it him or Tua? And then you've got Tua, who wants to come in and prove it's not a fluke, um, and who I think is a, a stud at the end of the day. Um, and, and it doesn't even matter because the rest of the Alabama team is so stacked. Um, so, yeah, Alabama all day long, 21 tw- or 24 points, rather, is a joke. Uh, the Crimson Tide are going to absolutely thrash Louisville, and it's going to be kind of embarrassing for the entirety of the ACC. All right, Hampy, who do you got? Alabama, no questions about it. It's going to be a blowout. Gotcha. So we're, we're all in agreement with that. Yep. Alabama is the team there on that uh Louisville. All right, well, uh, this game is a Sunday night game, so that's it with the Saturday games. A couple games here being played on, uh, or a game being played on Sunday and a game being played on Monday as well. That game on Sunday is Miami at LSU. LSU getting three points. Uh, so uh, I'm interested to see what you guys think about this situation here. Uh, are you going to go with uh, Coach O? You're going to go with uh, Coach, Coach Richt? I love me some Coach O. Um, I think three is a little bit obnoxious to be giving LSU in Death Valley. Um, I will admit I've I've kind of been torn over this game just because my heart wants to say LSU talent-wise and I think overall coaching, talent, schemes, schematics, whatever you want to call it, I think, I think Miami's got the upper edge and I think Rick having played in Baton Rouge and winning – at least once in Baton Rouge before, lends him some some experience there. I I think LSU will actually surprise some. Maybe they could be awful this year. I think they'll surprise some people. I think Miami though pulls this one out. Give me them. Uh, you know, only having to win by a touchdown. Give me Miami. A little more experience. A little bit just better in talent. Um, it's tough going against LSU and Death Valley, but Miami, the U. Give me them against the uh, the old Tigers. I agree with you 100%. I, I, it's a night game in Death Valley that normally would be something that teams just absolutely shudder and fear with. Um, but 
you've got a team in LSU that just is kind of struggling to, you know, you've got Joe Burrow coming in and being named the starting QB. You know, we're talking about QBs potentially not finding their footing right off the bat with the plays uh, in the playbook and things like that. So, um, you know, that's definitely a factor. Miami is back. I love Coach Rick there. You know, yes, um, you know, he, he was okay at Georgia for the longest time. I would love to see him win a championship. It's going to kill me to see him do it at Miami. Um, but I think that he's got a good squad, and I think that the U takes it uh, three points. Yeah, I balk at that. Miami winning. All right, what about you, Hampy? I've got Miami. I just think Mark Rick is a great guy, and I don't know. I think he has a good football team. Um, I mean, LSU is good, too. This is a close one. This is a tough one. This is a good, this is a good um, opening game for them, but um, I'm just going to go with Miami. I think they're going to power through it. Let's go ahead here and hit this last game, Monday night game. Virginia Tech at Florida State. Florida State giving seven points. Willie Taggart's debut there in Garnet and Gold. Uh, of course, Francois just named the starting QB there at FSU as well. Pierce named Virginia Tech as one of his sleeper picks in our Picks and Predictions podcast. If you missed that, you can go back and listen to it. Uh, so I'm interested to see, Pierce, who do you got here? You're you're going to be mad at me. Um, that being, The only reason being I'm in our pick em here. I got to go FSU there. I just think Francois provides that safety net. Um, I I love Francois. I thought he was, I I, I hated to see him out last year. That was just so brutal. I just, I thought he was one of the top three or four quarterbacks coming back. Um, I'm rooting for him this year. I think Taggart will provide some much needed energy within that program an increase in energy and excitement. Um, Give me FSU. I'll let you know a little bit later in in the podcast what's going on. Okay. Um, I seven points. I really struggle with that because I want to go. I want to go Florida State because obviously that's one of my teams. Um, you know, I do think Virginia Tech's going to have a good program. It's a night game. It's in Tallahassee. The fan base is going to be fired up. Uh, finally, you know, it feels like, you know, the entire entirety of last year was just kind of um, a mismatch of what's going on uh, in Tallahassee. But I think Willie Taggart's going to bring them back to prominence, um, even though, they, again, like I said, they didn't really ever leave. It's just that last year was a really bad hiccup. Uh, and DeAndre Francois going down was not anything that helped, certainly. Um, I'm going Florida State, though. I think that seven points is, you know, that, that was my one hold up. Seven points is a lot in this game. Um, but I think that they win by, uh, you know, give me a, a touchdown and a field goal and uh and that way i'm i'm able to pick my team and uh you know not in a blowout fashion or anything like that though so hampy what are your what is your thoughts here virginia tech or florida state i'm gonna go with you know your old school florida state i'm just i don't know i'm just gonna go with them okay. i don't really know much about them all right well we'll be down there of course uh we're making a little trip in a couple weeks so you'll get to see the old uh, Garnet and Gold in person. Very excited to show that to y'all. So, um, Pierce, we have an interesting segment coming up. I want to go ahead and say thank you to Hampton for coming in and uh, doing uh, doing the being the guest picker for the week. Uh, we'll have to keep all updated on how these guest pickers are doing throughout the season, and uh, the winner can come back maybe and do the bowls uh, with us. So, Hampy, thanks again. Uh, any last words here for the people before you sign off? Thank you, and go Vols. Alrighty. Okay, Pierce, we are on to your little segment. Well, this is something that we wanted to do. Um, we're not here. Let's let's go ahead and say this right now. We're not promoting gambling, but if you're a gambler, 
we've got a little segment we like to call Pierce's Easy Money. Oh, yeah, easy money. <laughs> You're setting me up for failure there. Um, hey, you know how I pitched this. I said it's got to be games that are easy money. So so, tell the people how to make some cash this weekend. So this is an interesting week. I think uh, there are two games on the slate that we just chose from, so I won't go in-depth on those, um, that will co- will co- co- go over and you know be part of my Pierce's Easy Money picks. That being said, I like two games especially oh, uh, you know, more than the rest. Um, I like Michigan State minus 23.5 at home against Utah State. Give me that all day. Utah State is a solid program, and I think that's one reason why the line's lower. But I, I, I'm hearing a lot of talk about Michigan State being a legit team. I saw them last year. They obviously were down. I think you know it seems like D'Antonio always kind of has – one bad year, and then he couples it up the next year with a great team, a, you know, a solid Big 12 run. Give me Michigan State. They're going to have better talent at home. I love them. 24 points. You know, give me four touchdowns would be enough. At 23 and a half, only having to get three touchdowns and a field goal, Michigan State all day. The other pick is Penn State minus 23 and a half over App State. App State's a solid, solid program. But you've got a quarterback in Trace McSorley, in Happy Valley, with all the hype around that program as being potentially this is their best year to win the Big Big Ten, there's no there's no question. Give me Penn State minus twenty three and a half, only having to cover by three touchdowns and a field goal. Give me them all day. Very similar situation to Michigan State, but even more confident in that. That's my golden pick of the week. Penn State over App State. Two others here that are kind of my middle tier games. Um, Texas minus 13 and a half over Maryland. All the craziness going on in Maryland situation. I've already expressed, you know, all my opinions on that. Enough said. Give me two touchdowns, Texas, even though it's on the road. Too much going on. Too much craziness at Maryland. One other game that I love in this middle tier section. Auburn minus one and a half over Washington. Give me Auburn in the South all day, especially against a Pac-12 team where they're traveling three hours to get there. Very much like the Alabama-Washington game. I think Washington puts up a good fight, but at the end of the day, can't cover um, one and a half, let alone I think they get beat by a touchdown and 10 points. Auburn all day. Then I've got three wild card picks, and I lo- I like these picks, but again, these are the ones that are a little bit out there, maybe a little bit more stretches some, some people might not know enough about. Um, Washington State minus one and a half over Wyoming. Wyoming's losing Jake Allen, now in Buffalo for the Bills. I mean, hey... You give me Washington State, a pretty good, uh, well-coached team with Mike Leach, going to return some good players, a Power 5 conference team, even though they are at Wyoming. Give me Washington State minus a half in, in our upset special of the week. And then the wild card game of the week is going to be Virginia Tech plus 7.5 at FSU. Understand that, so so this is a little different line. If it was seven, I know that sounds crazy. This is the wild card game of the week, so it's going to be closer than what I anticipate. But give me Virginia Tech with an experienced coaching staff and and some, some returning players with a Francois who hasn't been hit yet and doesn't know what to expect. And then a Willie Taggart coming in and not, you know, you have more established coaches in um, at Virginia Tech, as well as players, I think even though FSU might have a little bit better talent, seven and a half is a good amount. If if it was lower than a touchdown, I might side FSU. It scares me that it's in Tallahassee, 
That being said, seven and a half, that's my wild card special. Virginia Tech plus seven and a half against FSU. Again, not to win, but to cover. All right, well, there you go. You heard it here first. That was Pierce's Easy Money, a little segment we're going to do every single week where he tells you if you're a gambler, not that we're condoning that, where you could make the money this weekend. So uh, very cool. Thanks for doing that, Pierce. Uh, So that's going to do it for us here today with the Sibling Rivalry Podcast Week 1 Predictions. We'll be back on set. Pierce and myself will be back on uh, uh, later this, uh, I guess, after next week, rather, um, to recap the games and go over all of the shenanigans and all the fun stuff. Uh, and then we'll be back again uh, midweek next week to bring you another prediction show. So go ahead and hit subscribe if you aren't already. Uh, Sibling Rivalry Podcast, wherever you get podcasts. Um, and like I said, we'll be, we'll be putting out like two a week here. So, you know, good stuff coming out, good content, a lot of good guest pickers on the schedule as well. Um, and if you're not subscribed to the Pop Talk Podcast, that's where you can hear Hampton and myself talk about reality TV and the such. Uh, so uh, go ahead and hit, head over to the Pop Talk Podcast and subscribe there as well. So on behalf of Pierce and Rebecca Hampton, I'm Madison. Thanks for listening. Stay blessed, y'all.